I am starting a new series today titled Pathfinder. And I want to specifically focus on how God gives us dreams and visions. And before uh, you get that uh, nervous twitch uh, that uh, that uh, I used to get when you hear about dreams and visions and assume that they are very dramatic, uh, scary dreams and visions of the end of the world, it is not that. Can we say amen about that? It's something else, something very spiritual and something I'm concerned is being stolen from us. The ability to have and to hold a dream or a vision. And I think there's something very beautiful and powerful about that and valuable about that. And that there is a spiritual side to that that can't be denied but can't be ignored and has consequences on us. Uh, Speaking of dreams and visions, uh, phase one of the climate control air conditioning has been installed. I don't know, is that a vision? Is that a dream? And by the way, the reason why we can't immediately put a tent up outside for uh, our saints is because the landlord let us know that sometime in the coming maybe six months or so, they would like to repave the entire parking lot out front here and neaten it all up and they just were let us away. So I think that's, that's a, the Lord is paving the way. I don't know. I don't know. So bad. So cheesy. Proverbs chapter three. Let me contextualize this scripturally. Proverbs chapter three. Trust, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I'm sure it's going up on the screen. Is it there? Yeah, it's there. And he shall direct your paths. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This is a powerful, probably very well-known scripture and probably the kind that you highlight from time to time. But what's so significant about it is that there, is, there are two paths we all walk on. The path that led us to Christ and then the path that we take once we become a follower of Christ. And there, the, the one is on our own understanding and the other is leaning on the Lord. And you know, there is a path for each of us to take and that path seems to become more and more confusing over time and I would like for us to spend the next three weeks at least unpacking that and making it uh, a, a little simpler. I, I thought I would I would use perhaps lyrics from a secular song, but part one today is keeping the dream alive. Keeping the dream alive. Uh, not so long ago, about a year ago, that um, seems long now, about a year ago, I asked one of the architects in the church, let's, let's meet and talk about what this building, um, those of you here in, in, the, in the building, uh, it could become over the next few years. It can't stay the way it is forever. There has to be a, a, a future picture, right? And that should be true of everything. And he made, he made this statement. He sat down and he said, so what's the dream? And I really want to pose that idea to you today, is the idea of what, what's the dream? Like, what? What are you doing here? Um, but, but I mean that in the spiritual present sense. Perhaps the most powerful story in the Bible about living a life motivated by a dream through all its ups and downs must surely be Joseph. You know, Genesis 37, 5, Joseph had a dream. The next verse I've kept for next week. The next verse said, and some people hated him for it. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about that another time. But he had a dream and it provoked a lot of things, but it also, it also uh, promoted him to a lot of places. And I think that it would be disappointing if Christianity became 
um, a tranquilizer to life while waiting to live fully in heaven when what Christianity should be is a motivator in life, an inspirer in life, to fully live out what God has intended for us in this lifetime and then with that celebration to return to heaven and show our heavenly Father what we painted on the canvas of the opportunity that God had given. It's deeply frustrating that more and more Christians want to either get out of here, and I don't mean geographically, I mean like get out of here, when will the Lord come back, when will I go home, and have this evasive manoeuvre strategy in life rather than God has put a vision and a dream in my heart and I want to see it fulfilled in my lifetime. And then there's this confusion about visions and dreams, you know. Some people think visions and dreams are like very, very intense things that only spiritual people can have. And then some people think if you're dreaming, then you're old. And if you get visions, then you're young. And there's a verse for that. And I'll explain why it's not that. And some people think that dreams and visions are God's plan for my life. And I've got to figure out what it is. And I might get it wrong. But I want you to know that God's intention to put a dream and a vision in your heart is not complicated and it won't be stolen. And I would like for us, it would be amazing to unpack what the Bible has to say about that for your life. In Acts chapter 2, this is the first church service in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2. Some of you know it because tongues of fire and there was a lot going on. It was very charismatic, full of the Spirit and full of life, something like Song 1 today. Like that was just, that was Acts chapter 2 level enthusiasm. Uh, and very nice to see young people in the front taking up space and and worshipping. I think it's awesome. Um, but Acts chapter 2 was like that. And then and then after all the, and, and I'm, I'm making a point, after all the explosive stuff ha- happened, the teaching had to happen. Now sometimes people, they just stop reading after like the chaos. And like, oh, fire came down and then the people started speaking in tongues and then the other people were like, you guys are drunk. And then the other people were like, no, we're not. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And then some people were like, but I sometimes get drunk at nine in the morning. So all of that, not you, because it's nine and you're here. Not you, not you. That's a comment for the evening service. But they're they're not going to know. They're not even, they're not, they're not awake. They're having dreams and visions. But after the chaos came the the clarity. And you have to have both. You have to have the infusion of the Spirit and the information of the Spirit. And if you have too much information and no infusion, you become judgmental. And you have too much infusion without any information and you become mystical. You don't want to have both. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I am saying. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Some of you thought I was joking about that. You need to read your Bibles. There's cool stuff in there. There's, there's more stuff in there than housewives of... <laughs> You know, that was a guilty laugh. That was not a, oh, that's sweet. That was like, I didn't expect Jesus to touch that error of my life this morning. And you need to stop it. 
Uh, no, this is what was spoken. Now, now this, is, this is really important. This is why I'm so sad, Christians, that don't read this part. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. So now, why would he bring that verse up as the first scripture read on the first sermon of the first day of the church? He brings it up to say that this verse I'm about to read is being fulfilled today and the church these days reads it as if it's something going to be fulfilled on another day, on the last day. It's not a good idea. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I, it continues, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And then this is the part that makes some people, you know, the only word I can think of is Hark 8. Like there's just, there just, there isn't an English word that says that as well, I don't think. Like, I don't know, you can't say you're unhinged. I suppose you can. Um, they, they get to this part, uh, uh, um, uh, signs on the earth below, and then blood and fire and billows of smoke and the sun will turn to darkness and the moon to blood uh, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God. Our, the, so that's the whole sermon. It's from Joel chapter 2, an Old Testament scripture, read in by Peter as the scripture for the sermon on the first day of the church. And the reason why that's important is the signs and the wonders, the miracles, the presence of God and the power of God, the dreams and the visions were given to Christians from the very first day of the life of the church. It's not dreams and visions about the end of the world. It's dreams and visions about God among us doing signs and wonders in our own lifetime. I sometimes think Christians have too many dreams and visions about heaven and not enough dreams and visions about earth. And the scriptures put right there at the very beginning. Now, listen, if you want to read it with an end times idea in mind and you link the end times to some of the other scriptures relating to end times and there's going to be a grow group starting up that's going to take you through a timeline on end times, you're welcome to do that, no offence. But I just want for you to be aware that dreams and visions aren't only dramatic and intended for the end of the days. Dreams and visions are present now and intended for today. And Christians need to dust off their sight and start seeing some dreams and some visions that don't end with a trumpet blowing and us packing our suitcases and getting out of here. <laughs> I think I'm becoming a bit too charismatic. Just calm down. It'll be okay. I watched myself on YouTube the other day for a few minutes. I was like, devastated. I needed my parole officers. I waved my arms around unnecessarily. The tone of my voice is in E-flat. It's terrible. I mean, it was just, I was like, is there anything I can do about it? And then I thought, create an AI version. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think there is a, a power. So what's the dream? Some years ago, um, I had had a conversation with a couple in the church. Um, and they made an interesting statement. Um, the husband, the dad, he said, you know we're in PE because of the church. And I said, no, I don't, what do you mean? Did we phone you? 
and asked you to come. He said, no, no, we have a job and we love our house, but we're here because we see that God is doing something and we want to be have front row seats to that. The dream and the vision is, is not a career thing. It is the power and presence of God doing signs and wonders on this earth and making heaven real here in our lifetime. The dream isn't complicated. The vision isn't complicated. It's giving young men and old men, young women and old women, servants and bosses, visions about how to bring the Spirit into life on earth and outpouring of the Spirit into all the world. That's the dream. That's That's the vision. You need to be here believing in your heart. My grandkids need to be in church. That's my dream. In my lifetime, I'm going to see it. In my lifetime, I'm going to see my kids in church. In my lifetime, we're going to pray as a family. I'm going to be at a family gathering of our whole clan and we're going to pray. And someone's going to pray for someone else. And someone's going to testify that God came through for them. And someone's going to say, I got healed or say, I didn't get healed, but I found the healer anyway. I know who Jesus is even if my body is failing me. That's the dream. If you picked a career path, you're going to become an architect or an engineer or anything you want. It won't, God won't be upset with your choices. Maybe maybe one or two, but not those. He's not going to be upset with that. As long as you understand the mission. The mission is I'm going to take the Spirit of God That's the dream. The dream is take the Spirit of God into engineering, entrepreneurship, into teaching. I'm going to take the, uh, my dream, my vision is a a school where God rules and reigns. My dream, my vision is a company that leaves behind it not only a legacy, but the fingerprint of God in everything. That's the dream. That's the dream. Now, what a lot of Christians have done is they swapped out that dream for a career goal. And they call that the dream. Well, the dream is a big house, three stories with an elevator. Hey, let me tell you, I did delete a friend from Facebook the other day because of offensive remark they made. That's a joke. They came to my house and they said, oh, that's a lovely house, George. And, but I mean, you, you can only be here for like another 10 years or so and then you won't want to do those stairs. Do you think I was personally there when Peter preached this message? And that's why I'm explaining it to you. Now, we've switched career goal and we pat ourselves on the back and say, I've done well and God is pleased. And we've substituted dream and vision for career goal. And it's not the same thing because unsaved people have career goals and they don't spend their Sunday morning hour after hour being in worship. They don't need it because they're just chasing a good career. Nothing wrong with that. Good goals, nothing wrong with that. But we're here because we're going to see visions and dreams about how God is going to touch earth. And we want to be in that. Is that amenable? So I think to awaken this conversation um, and to, over the next few weeks, uh, um, stir the waters, I don't know what to say, stir the waters, send the fire. I'd like for us to start on these four principles. First of all, you have to believe 
in the dream giver. We go to God for so much else, but not enough for him. Let me explain what I mean. I go to God a lot for me. So Lord, in this conversation, in this transaction, I'm going to be the taker and I'm asking you to be the giver. And that's how this conversation is going to roll. But once in a while, the dreamer receiver and the vision receiver needs to go to God and say, in this conversation, I would like to make myself available to you. I would like you to be the receiver of a vessel. I give myself in the cause of being salt and light on the earth. Here I am, Lord, send me. Once in a while, that conversation has to switch from from a transaction in one direction to a transaction in the other. And the need to believe, to receive that is so incredibly powerful because it'll change the way you view where you live, who you live with and what you do. Psalm 27, uh, one of my favorite verses, Psalm 27 verse 13, I remain confident of this. Now, you know, if somebody says remain, it means they've been through some stuff. It got rough, but I remain. I nearly lost hope, but I remain. A lot was taken from me, but this remains. And what remains? I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You know, you just, you got to reawaken, you got to reawaken the vision. Reawaken the dream. What is it? To see the hand of God in the land of the, here, while we're alive on this earth, I will see the hand of the Lord, uh, the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I'm remaining confident in that, even though a lot of stuff has tried to rob me of my confidence. I remain, that word's there for a reason. I remain confident. And if it hasn't happened yet, I'm a wait. I'm a wait. I'm gonna wait on the Lord. I'm gonna wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm just keep waiting. I'll keep singing a song. I'll connect with it. I'll catch up with some of them, but I'll wait and I'll keep waiting. Why? Because the dream is alive and the vision is alive and I'm not going to downgrade my life to a career goal instead of a God call. I'm not going to do that. Wait on the Lord. And so you've got, to go to the, you've got to go to the dream giver and believe that he does that and believe that he is eagerly waiting to transfer into your life a, a vision of salt and light. And then, and then perhaps secondly, be, becoming a, a dream keeper. You know, getting and keeping aren't the same thing. Getting and keeping aren't the same thing. I, um, let me best describe it like that, like this. Do you know of something you know you have, but right now you don't know where it is? But you do know you have it. Gosh, I went through that the other day. I have a little sleeveless, like, I don't know, what are those things called? Sleeveless dingus. I don't know what it is. It's, from, it's the only thing I could buy at Patagonia. What's it called? A body warmer. 
And I know I've got one. I know I have it. I didn't know where it was. I, I behaved like a lunatic. I was under the car's seat because here's what I've discovered, no matter how fancy your cars get and no matter how fancy you feel driving them, sometime or the other, you are putting your hand in between the seat and the middle console and you are fishing for keys. If you want to really just be, be brought down to human condition, you are looking. So I was under there. I was looking at unreasonable places, like there where you keep the wheel. Like what series of events would have had to happen? <laughs> I don't know, maybe I, I don't know, sleepwalk at night and I, one night I just undid the wheel and put it in there. I looked everywhere. And then somewhere in the back of my mind, some, it triggered somewhere in the back of my mind, it's in this building. I remember it somewhere. So I went in space. It's, it's also, it's black. It's black on the seats, on the black seats. And, and I went look, and I said to one of, Cam, do you know Lost and Found? By the way, saints, some of the stuff you leave in Lost and Found. There are like three, one part of a pair of shoes over there. Like, are you walking around with like your left shoe going, I wonder what happened to the right one. It's over there, it's in Lost and Found. It's in Lost and Found. I'm making jokes, but I'm coming for you. It's in Lost and Found. And I couldn't find it. And Cam said, no, all we've got is half a pair of glasses and three left shoes and that's all we got. I, kept, I was determined. Found it in the band room at the back. I was so excited. I'm still waiting on the camera footage to see how it, how it got there and who I will be, who I will be laying hands on. Uh, it's a, in a five-fold ministry of thanks. Um, but... I, I knew I had it, I just didn't quite know where it was. There is a story in the Old Testament uh, concerning King Josiah. King Josiah uh, was a righteous king, but only 16 years old. Eight when he became king, 16 when he found God. And he said, you know what we should do? We should clean out the temple. And they cleaned out the temple because his father was an unrighteous man. And they cleaned out the temple and he found the word of God in the temple. And you know, this is the principle I want to encourage you on, that it is, it is a powerful thing that the word of God was lost in the house of God. We've got it, we're not quite sure where it is. And a lot of saints walking around with one shoe because they've only got half the principle right. And, and we don't get far. I want to encourage you today. Be a carrier of dreams and visions, a keeper of dreams and visions. 2 Peter 1, running out of time. 2 Peter 1. So friends... Confirm God's invitation to you. God invited us. It's on us to confirm it. His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and saviour. Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, if we're going to reawaken dreams and visions and see that as, as being salt and light, God on earth, the goodness of God uh, in the land of the living, then I, I think we need to build uh, dream characters. You know, a person with a dream changes their character. When somebody says to me, I've got this dream of running the Iron Man or doing the Iron Man, it's, it's more than a run of doing the Ironman, it changes a lot about them. Their eating habits, their friendship circles, uh, the way they wake up in the morning and go to bed at night. Why? Because they are motivated by a vision or a dream. Well, when we are motivated to be salt and light, to see God on earth in a powerful way in our kids' lives, in our careers, and in our in our spaces, changes your character. You just can't help it. It, 
it changes your character. Ephesians 1 from the Amplified reminds us that we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above and spiritually transformed, renewed and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we may walk in, uh, in the, so that we may walk in them, uh, living the good life which he has prearranged and made ready for us. I like the Amplified Version because it says, it suggests that the good life is the life walking the paths God has already set for us and that everything he does as workmanship is intended to make us usable on the path that God has called us for. Those, that scripture connects so incredibly beautifully. And then finally, you've got to break dream killers. Go to break dream killers. You know, um, there are, uh, we, we should talk about this sometime, but there are a list of reasons why something's died inside of you. You know when people say, say something's died inside of them? That's what they mean. The dream's died or the vision's gone. And it could be because you misstepped or you misspoke or you misunderstood or you sinned. And, and now it all feels a bit flat. Here's how I'd like to end the service. Just take one step at a time. You know, when Jesus um, met Peter, Peter, the same guy who started this message, when Jesus met Peter, not everything was always perfect. But here's what Jesus did with his disciples. He said this, can I get in your boat? That's all, step one. Can I just get in the boat? Step two, keep doing what you've been doing. Go fishing, but can I come with? Keep doing what you're doing, but can I come with? Step three, let's do what you're doing my way and see what you get in the net then. Just one step at a time. Let him in the boat. Take him with, and then do it his way. And there's a bit too much in the net for you to pull it in yourself. But everybody just wants to jump from there to there. Just can I just get in the boat? I'll just sit here and I'll mumble some things to the crowd. You just and the man who went from cleaning nets landed up cleaning fish. Because cleaning nets wasn't the vision. Cleaning fish was. I I am motivated and compelled with this idea that we should reawaken a desire for dreams and visions. Not end time stuff. Dreams and visions for now time stuff. And then the end times will start taking care of themselves. One more verse, one more verse, because we've got to have one more verse to one per point, otherwise you email me. The OCD people email me, they're like, my notes are incomplete. (laughs) Philippians 3, stick with it. It's the message translation. Stick with it, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, heading for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. It's a fight out there to live the life God has called us to live. 
And I want to encourage you to be determined to live it out as God has intended. Could we invite the Lord to teach us dreams and visions again, to reawaken them and to step into them and to be reminded the dreams and visions are about letting the Holy Spirit fall on earth in every area of our lives. Can you say amen to that? Would you please stand with me as we pray? Thanks, Matt. We've got a team of people up front to pray for you personally, if you'd like personal prayer on anything. If you feel like God touched some error in your life or some topic or some need, you come forward for a prayer and a team of people will help you do that. And then there's communion on either side of the stage every Sunday and you're welcome to it. Come and share it with your friend or family or loved ones. Take a moment and have communion or write a private anonymous prayer request and we'll pray for it, over it during the week. But let's pray for this morning. Lord, thank you so much that your word is powerful. That when we, when we are, are, are ready and receptive, then like good ground, good seed falling on it, it just bears fruit. And Lord, today we pray that you will again give us dreams and visions of seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord, teach us how to be carriers of light and salt to the earth so that we can say that in our lifetime, in our generation, we saw the hand of God move mightily and His works are wonderful to behold. And that, Lord, our testimony will be of Your goodness. Still we remain confident. Still we will wait on the Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Would you give God one more shout of praise and thanksgiving? And I'd like to encourage you not to rush off. Please stick around, grab a cup of coffee, sit outside and meet a friend. Thank you.